hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Mindful Marriage Podcast, a Hope Fellowship podcast all about helping you survive and thrive in your marriage in ways only God could imagine. I'm your host, Seth Muse, and with me is Hope Fellowship's lead care pastor, Brock Yonke, and licensed professional counselor, Tara Wiedemeyer. Welcome back to episode four, guys. We made it this far. Hola. Hello. That's my Spanish. Hello. That, so good. That was very... Uh, multicultural. Very multicultural. Trying to reach everybody. Yeah, you're, you have a wide range. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've been talking about marriages, and uh, last episode we were talking about how to serve one another, and that's the goal of being um, uh, being selfless in your marriage is to serve one another. And it's also a really hard thing to maintain, very hard hard thing to keep doing, this attitude of serving. We gave you a couple of practical tips, but we were digging into this this week. If it gets boring, it gets mundane, we keep serving, we keep trying to find ways to, um, to serve one another, sometimes it gets kind of old. Yep. We want to keep it fresh. So um, why, why is it important to continue looking for new ways to serve one another? Because I think a lot of it is because we're lazy creatures, and this idea that we tend to drift back towards selfish, selfishness very easily, and then mm-hmm. it's so hard to keep being mindful of the truth. And so I think one of the things we have to do is that we talked before about self-care, and one of the things we have to do is continually be learning. And if we're not continually on this lifelong journey of learning how to be a better spouse, be in a better marriage, then I think we start to drift back toward laziness. And so one of the things I tell couples all the time is like every year on your wedding anniversary, the question is not should we do something this year for our marriage, but what are we going to do mm-hmm. for our marriage this year? So it could look like you know going to re-engage, going to see a therapist, a licensed professional counselor like Tara Wiedemeyer, or you know, reading a book or going to some conference. Those are things that we, we have to be continual, lifelong learners, or we do tend to drift back towards selfishness mm-hmm. and, and lose that idea of serving because it's just so natural for us to be selfish and not thinking about other human beings. So I think being proactive about how we continue to learn is a big deal. Who is, whose job is it to really pursue the other one? Is it the man's job or is it the woman's job? I believe that it is... Um, both parties need to participate. Excellent answer. And thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> that wasn't I think, set up at all. Yeah, I think that you know, at the end of the day, we are responsible for ourselves only. And if we want to be in a better marriage, then we need to be, or a healthy marriage, um, then we need to be doing everything we can to help ourselves be a better spouse, but also to help our spouses be a better spouse. And so I think by serving them, whatever that is, whether that's making their favorite meal or surprising them with their favorite coffee at work or, you know, mowing the lawn, um, you know, before they can or whatever it is, um, just trying to pay attention to those things and make an intentional effort consistently, you know, and not just be like, oh, I did something nice this month. I'm good for a little while, you know. Well, there's almost this phrase that I keep in my brain as I'm serving my wife is this idea of expect nothing in return. And so that phrase is not saying I'm doing this so that I'm going to get something back from my wife. I'm doing this because this is just what she deserves as a human being, as God's child. So yeah. this phrase of expect nothing in she return. She birthed your babies. She birthed my babies. And so <laughs> that sounded like Forrest Gump or a variation thereof. But like, I'm just expecting nothing in return is kind of a phrase that goes through my Why brain. Why would I, I disagree with I that? I don't know. I just, it feels a little too uh, 
not thinking about yourself enough. It feels like uh, the opposite I of see. self-care. So. Well, I get it. But I think, if again, if it's just a practice to help you be more mindful, yes. then you do what works. You can have a mantra. That's okay. Okay. But I think, no, I mean, we should never, doing something for somebody else, it, if we're expecting something in return, then that negates the purpose of serving somebody, yeah. you know? And so I think we should never expect to have something done for us or given back to us. But obviously in a, in a partnership where both people are invested in each other and love each other, that's not going to be the issue, you yeah. know? So. Yeah. And, and I think there's always at least one person in, in the relationship that leans into this a little bit more of like, um, you need to pursue me. Mm-hmm. You know, you, this is your job. This is your role. I, I, I'm going to do a little, but only if you do this first. Right. And I think that's pretty. That's called conditional love. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty unhealthy. Yeah. And, and one of my favorite authors is Gary Thomas, who I've been also accused uh, of having a man crush on Gary Thomas. I thought you were going to say Gottman again. <laughs> no, 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 no Gottman this time. But Gary Thomas has this <laughs> phrase that really helps as well. He said, there's two kinds of spouses we can be. We can either be a spouse-centered spouse, and a spouse-centered spouse says, I'm going to do something nice because you did something nice for me. It's almost, it's very conditional. Mm-hmm. Or we can have this idea of being a God-centered spouse where we do what God wants us to do regardless necessarily of how that other person treats us. And I realize there's boundaries to that, but I think that's really kind of a healthy way to look at it as well. It's like, I'm reminding myself, I'm doing this not necessarily just for this person, but I'm also doing this to glorify God. And what would God want me to do? And so you think about the scriptures that Jesus talks about turning to the cheek, talks about going the extra mile, all those kind of things are the kind of, that's a godly perspective on marriage. I serve this person because this is, they deserve the love and this is what God wants me to do. Absolutely. Just like Tara talks a lot about um, when she's working with couples, she talks about how don't stop dating your spouse. That is something that is like the idea of pursuing, of wooing this person. If we lose that mentality that, hey, I still have to kind of win this, people o- win this person over, mm-hmm. then I think that's a red flag that we might mm-hmm. be in a difficult spot. And so, so, Tara, when you say kind of dating your spouse, mm-hmm. uh, what is that? Does that, do you just mean date nights or what are you kind of, no, what's the perspective th- on that for I me? I mean, definitely if you can do date nights, great. But like that is a small miracle these days if my husband and I can even like have a conversation without, you know, being interrupted or breaking up a, a, a layo fight or something, yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, um, I think again, during depending on like where you're at, like what season you're in, and just where everybody's at um, individually too. I think that you can get creative and do whatever works for you guys. But again, there's got to be communication around that and um, intentional conversations, and not one conversation is not going to um, fix something in marriages or get the ball maybe even rolling in the right direction. I think we have to commit to having almost like we're, we're, we're called to pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. I think in a marriage, it's very important to have conversations that are just kind of ongoing and build on each other. And there's follow-up and feedback given, you know, after, during, and whenever necessary. And so, you know, for some people, yes, that can be date nights. I think, you know, a lot of couples like to do, you know, devotionals together. Um, I like to even encourage just like reading a book together and then almost like a kind of like a miniature and intimate book club, if you will. But it's so it doesn't even have to be a devotional, but just read a book together or have something that there's some common ground, a hobby together or, you know, cook together. Just being intentional about carving out and, some time and to staying do something connected. where you feel connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And at Hope, we have a resource called Right Now Media that is available to all of our people. And instead of watching 
an episode of The Office for the Thousandth Time, which I love, you could also say, hey, let's let's take this hour and watch uh, something on Right Now Media about marriage and, and spend time when the kids are in bed. You know, you're going to work on the marriage for about an hour on Thursdays. Yeah, and doing you know? that and doing things like just turning off the phones, shutting off the TV, mm-hmm. having a conversation. You know, and then connect just, to each other con- and disconnect from the world, kind of thing, or at least that's electronics. Another Tara Wiedemeyer, Wiedemeyer trademark. <laughs> You're right? welcome. TM. Those are technical terms. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, but the stuff like that is just so important, just to make sure that you are disconnecting, so that you can connect and having conversations. I think couples get in trouble when we get, especially the state that Tara's in, and with the little kids. It's like you can just get into management of your family. Yes, and like your two ships passing the night, you go to mm-hmm. this soccer game. I'm going to go like to roommates. this basketball. Game. Yeah, and so like. But if we don't ever have times to connect and fill in that story about what's going on in our lives, people start to feel disconnected. When you feel disconnected, you don't feel heard, you don't feel valued, and all of a sudden, everything starts to go awry. Like the wife maybe not feeling like respected, the husband maybe feel like, hey, sexuality's dying a little bit because of the has- that connection has to be there mm-hmm. in order for all those things to kind of flourish. And really, a lot of it is just communication or doing activities together. And, and like I've read a lot of studies that talk about that prayer is such an important part of being a couple. And it doesn't have to be some elaborate prayer, but just taking a moment, holding hands and saying, God, thank you for this day. Help us to honor you. Help us to love one. I mean, that could be mm-hmm. such a game changer by just being having that intimate moment of connection. Absolutely. Especially when you don't want to and you're allowing yourself to show up and be vulnerable and, you know, hold hands or hugs, mm-hmm. hug them or pray out loud with that person when, you know, it, you're in a tough spot. And I think just being vulnerable, vulnerable, um, and authentic in those moments is it definitely a game changer, but I think it, it's an icebreaker, yeah. you know, um, and can let some light into when we feel a little bit icky. I feel like the therapist is changing a lot of my terms in this particular episode. <laughs> and so there's a lot, of, a lot of correcting going on. I don't know no. if anyone else noticed that or is just it's my just issues. A, no, these are my own draw a circle spins. around myself. Yeah, stay in your hula hoop. Okay, stay in my hoop. All right, I can do that. <laughs> Dang. I, I know you mentioned holding hands and praying together. One of the most powerful things that have happened in my life are moments, because I'll go home and I'll talk to my wife and like, here's the issue, I'm facing this at work, or I'm facing this with a relationship, a friend, or whatever. And, you know, my my mentality is to is to fix it. You know, it's to go home and go, here's how, here's the issue, here's some steps I could take, what do you think? And when she says, well, let's pray about it. Honestly, my first reaction sometimes is like, come on, we're, we're fixing it right now, you know, and, but she takes my hand and says, I'll pray. And, and when she starts, that honestly softens my heart, not only to the issue and to the people involved with it, but it softens my heart with her. Mm-hmm. And I feel that connection with her. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's like you can ride that wave for a long time after that. You know, it, it's, right. it's one of those moments that's really meaningful and powerful in your marriage. And I feel like I'm not only coming home, this is a person that's going to help me with a problem, but we're, it, now it's, we're in this together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's such a different perspective on on how you can connect with a, with a spouse uh, versus this is my roommate, mm-hmm. you know. Well, uh, any parting shots on how we can be proactive with our marriage? Anything you want to add? I, I think just continuing to be a learner is really my biggest advice. And so you have to do things like every year. It's like we're going to go see a therapist. We're going to go to reengage. We're going to do something that has to be just part of our DNA. Because if we stop learning, I think that's when we really drift back to just having a marriage that we don't want to have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think um, just as a practical tool, like Brock talked about last time, the th- going to your spouse and asking about their fr- three favorite things that would make them mm-hmm. or top things that would make them feel the most loved. I think that is a great tool, um, even for this. But also, I know 
the five love languages gets talked about a lot. Um, and it is an older book, but it's, it's, it's a classic Still very effective. and you don't yeah. even need to read the book, but I would encourage if you've not done it to go online and take the quiz, both you and your spouse and to, um, and then talk about it and see how y'all can show up differently in this next week where, you know, if theirs is physical touch and yours is words of affirmation, you know, try to speak their language when you're interacting with them or thinking about how you're going to show up in your marriage and make intentional efforts to do that because I think that is such a cool thing. And once you start doing it more consistently, it almost, it just, it, you don't have to think about it anymore. You know, mm-hmm. it just becomes a true authentic practice. And so we are oftentimes speaking such different languages um, because of whether it's the way we were brought up or our own experiences. And that is just a very simple and practical way to be like, Hey, like, how can I like deposit some coins in your love tank this week? This podcast sponsored by five love languages.com. <laughs> is that even the right? That URL? is the right thing. It yes, is. Okay, it, good. Yes. Yeah. Good job. Good job. <laughs> Brock, Tara, thank you so much for your time. Uh, thanks everybody for listening to the mindful marriage podcast. Join us next time. We're going to discuss some really helpful, practical ways you can enhance communication in your marriage. All right, we'll see you. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. Learn more about the marriage ministry at Hope by visiting hopefellowship.net slash marriage.